This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of a Clean Skate podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And unfortunately, it comes with sad tidings that this is going to be the final episode for about a month. I mean, I know that we are very excited. We broke down last episode about you know, what exactly it means for the NHL coming back. They finally announced it, and don't worry, we are going to talk about more about what actually means for the NHL coming back. We've got an awesome guest for the final installment of our COVID collaboration for this week. I think you guys are going to enjoy it, and I think you guys will recognize the guest because it has been a blast to have him on as many times as I have this season. However, like I was saying, we only have this last episode until, you know, I'm going to take a break off. And then once hockey comes back, don't worry, a clean skate will return as well as all the other awesome podcasts at the Hockey Podcast Network. I know that there are still some polls and some final positions that need to be finished up for our all-star player poll. Don't worry, that will still be happening until it is completely finished. I'm still planning on trying to simulate a season with the team we created and putting it up on Twitter and possibly YouTube. So that will still happen during June, don't worry, but there won't be weekly podcasts from me at least for the moment for just a little bit i'm going to be lying low and then once hockey comes back i will be back in force so have no fear Uh, i want to update everyone our skater positions however for the all-star lineup like i was saying are completely done like i said the centers just to remind everyone we have sagan medano newendike spezza that's lines one through four in order so sagan is line one over mike medano then on the right wing We've got Jamie Benn playing with Tyler Sagan, James Neal, Morrow, and Jokinen. On the left wing, we've got Radulov. So there can definitely tell there is some recency bias to this lineup because the first line is Sagan, Ben, Radulov, which is exactly what it is now. So left wings, we've got Radulov, Hull, Erickson, Garin. Garin finally beat out Pat Verbeek in a tiebreaker because guess what? Pat Verbeek took it to another tiebreaker. So luckily, Pat Verbeek after all those tiebreakers was booted out for that fourth line position belongs to Bill Guerin. And then on the defense, we've got Zubov, Klingberg, Robida, Hatcher, and Sider and Heiskinen. The goalies are still going on. I'm still planning on doing a coach all-star poll. And then, like I said, we're going to be simulating that against the NHL of 2019-2020 to see how our all-star lineup would do against the NHL's competition. All right, so now I want to take us over to the best part of the episode, and it's my favorite part of the episode, to be honest. The more I get to talk to people about hockey, 
the, the just the happier I am. So the fact that I get to bring on sort of where it began with guests on a Cleanscape podcast is where we're going to take a break. So we are going to welcome back this week's guests on the COVID collaboration. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, I just want to pop in and talk about my friends at Southern Scholar. Southern Scholar is a hockey player-owned menswear company based in Dallas. In fact, their founder still plays hockey several times a week in the local beer leagues in Dallas. They're a menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription or their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world seriously. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday attire. Included with each pair is their signature style card containing tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks to get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all your member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you'd shop their collection without a subscription. Either way, you'll be saving money using code THPN. That's THPN like the Hockey Podcast Network. And guys, I just want to say I have a couple pairs of these and man, they look so good. And then you just put them on. They are engineered to form fit your foot and leg and to stay up on your calf all day. So if you're wearing dress pants, you don't have to worry about reaching down to pull up your socks because they've started to scooch down and they feel uncomfortable. These things fit well. They look amazing. And I hope you guys enjoy them as much as I have. All right, everyone, and we thought that this week would be a good week to bring back uh, some returning guests for the COVID collaboration, the last COVID collaboration, hopefully, and I thought it was only fitting to end the same place we started with our first guest with an extra edition, obviously. Welcome back, the two co-hosts of the Blue Note podcast, Tom and Wags. Welcome back to the show, boys. Yeah, thanks for so much for having us. And uh, you heard me before. And uh, since uh, we started on this Hockey Podcast Network venture, I sprouted and uh, out came a Wags. So uh, say hello to my offspring, Wags. Wow, offspring of Tom. That, that's, that's a very interesting uh, terminology, but I'll take it. You know what? I'll, I'm riding the coattails. You're the son I never had. And so, Tom, I, I, I notice, I see here, obviously, the people listening to this can't see it, but you are wearing a Stars jersey. We greatly appreciate that on the show. Well, yes, uh, I have actually in my hockey jersey collection, I have four different Dallas Stars jerseys. This is my most, re well, actually three plus North Stars, so same franchise. Uh, but this one is my most recent addition. It is a Brett Hall pro player from 2000, and it was from the one year that he wore number 16 in Dallas. Cause as you may remember, he wore number 22 the first couple of years, including of course the Stanley cup year. And so Wags, now that you've heard that Tom has all this Dallas stars gear, like, are you starting to, are you starting to worry? 
you know what? I am considering, you know, we didn't want to play them. Now all of a sudden he's supporting them. I'm, I might have to be questioning his St. Louis fandom a little bit. Uh, no, no, not, not really. No, it's a Brett, no. it's a Brett Hall jersey. I, I can't complain about it. Look, look, like I, I'm, I'm getting through this by thinking happy thoughts of Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon, oh, Pat no. Maroon, which he saw. Although I guess I guess you know if if this entire venture is like a hockey game, I guess this would this session here we're having Farley is like a game seven double overtime and the puck just dropped. That's true. That's true. Except you know in this case we're all friends here, so yeah, it's true. No, no, no winners and losers, just friends. No, exactly. And 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 confession, confession time here for on my, on my behalf. I will say. No one's ever going to beat the Blues in terms of my love and fandom. Stars are probably top three, maybe top five uh, in terms of who I support. So that explains the Stars jerseys. All right. Well, well, we we appreciate it here on the on the show. We we, we you know I'm never going to turn down some home love. So so I'll take it. But boys, I mean, the real reason you guys are here is you know a lot of there's been a lot of speculation over the last little bit, but finally. You know, they've announced it. Gary Bettman came out. We all saw his beautiful face on that live stream. Uh, he, hockey's coming back, guys. I mean, how are we feeling? Like, just initial thoughts. Like, before we get into, you know, the details, because there's a lot of stuff to get through here. How do we feel that just hockey's coming back? Well, let me just say, first of all, I feel a lot better that the NHL will indeed come back more so than Major League Baseball. It sounds like Major League Baseball has some major issues to work with when it comes to its player union and compensation. NHL, you don't hear that kind of rancor with, and they have taken the step of saying, okay, this is going to be how the playoffs look. You know, it will be 24 teams. Uh, they still have to hammer some things out. So just because, like I said in our Slack channel, you know, just because you got her number doesn't mean this, the deal is sealed, okay? There's still some courtship that needs to be done here before we see meaningful hockey games again. I mean, they're talking June 15th, uh, mid, mid-June, when you can have six players practicing together, you know? So this is still going to be a pretty gradual process, but it, I'm still encouraged. And I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good that we will have hockey at some point. And it's, it's still a lot of questions to be answered. And there's, and there's, and there's people, a lot of, a lot of commentary on how the system is going to look like and how it's going to work. Some people like it. Some people don't. I'm in the camp of, Hey, we're getting hockey back period. End of story. Uh, Wags, your thoughts on hockey coming back, buddy. I'm excited. I mean, I'm a huge hockey fan. I still play. So it's definitely a big part of my life. So I absolutely love it. Um, like Tom said, a lot of people are not so happy about the format that they are, you know, unveiling, but I'm in the same camp as Tom. It's hockey and, and the way that things are set up, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, I'm sure. But the, the whole round robin with the top four seeds, people are really, really upset about that. But in my in defense of that, it's like, how are these top four teams going to be playoff ready if they don't have some sort of meaningful games? And you can also take that and look at it and go, you can kind of choose your opponents at that point because you know who the five through 12s are. If you don't want to play, like in the Blues case, if you don't want to play Calgary or Winnipeg in the first round, why would you want to be the first seed then? So there's some positives to it. And I'm just happy that we're going to probably have hockey here sooner than later. I mean, so, so you both touched on it there, so I, I figure we should just get right on into it. Obviously, the NHL has announced that they're going to do a 24-team system, which was, I think, you know, before they officially announced it, a lot of people were 
there at that point. We, we were all assuming that it was going to be some form of that sort of tournament. So that they've officially announced it's that 24 tournament. The top four teams in the East and West are going to be playing some round rob, robin games, like you mentioned, Wags. And then the rest of the teams are going to be playing a best of three five-game series to, you know, then start the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, obviously they've come out with matchups. Uh, the Stars and the Blues together are going to be playing games in those top four round robin games. And so I guess uh, you guys have seen the format. I mean, we've all watched uh, Bettman's video on it. How do we feel about the format, guys? I'm okay with it. And I, I think the way that they set it up, they obviously did this with the mind of those teams that were still in the hunt for the playoffs, getting their chance to be in the dance still without playing the full regular season. Because let's face it with the way the timing of how this is all working out with the pandemic and getting players back on the ice, they're never going to finish the regular season. That's just a matter of, it's just a fact, but you still have a chance to award a Stanley cup. And so you give, I, I feel 24 was a good number. I think that's very fair. Uh, the seven teams that didn't make it, I really felt did not have a chance to get into the playoffs. A real honest, good chance. Sorry, all you Buffalo fans, but it's true. Uh, again, um, but as far as how it shakes out for the Blues and Stars, I mean, you know, we're both in a situation, you know, our uh, fan, you know, for both Blues and Stars fans, we're in a situation where, you know, we're in and we're still going to, uh, be treated as a high seed. You know, the stars getting in as a number four seed's interesting. And uh, uh, we can talk about that in just a little bit. But, you know, the Blues, you know, they they went into the playoffs as the number one seed. They, they, they'll get credited as the champions of the Central Division, um, which is nice. And, you know, I've – as far as who they play, I mean, I'm, I, I haven't really broken down the matchups too much. I know for the Blues, it would probably be the winner of Calgary and Winnipeg, uh, which uh, presents two interesting matchups there. I know Winnipeg's going to have a chip on their shoulder after the Blues took them out last year. Uh, Stars looks like that uh, you guys will have uh, the winner of uh, Nashville versus uh, uh, Colorado. If, if you win, if you're the fourth seed, then you would have uh, the winner of Edmonton versus Chicago, and then the possibility of Blues and Stars in the second round, assuming that's how the seedings shake out. Of course, you know, the, who knows how this round robin can go with these top four teams. I mean, the Avs kind of had the Blues number going down the stretch. The Blues didn't play well against Vegas either, particularly. In fact, the only team that the Blues played well against of those four teams really was the Stars, which is kind of weird because of those four teams in the playoffs, the Stars scare me the most. So um, it, it, a lot of different – but it, it, as I've been kind of saying here and rambling here, it, it offers a lot of different possibilities. And it, it feels – the format feels fresh to me because – you know, the way that it's been done the last couple of years, you know, you can usually count on maybe the best match of the playoffs being in the second round and maybe not so much the third round. Um, and you kind of generally know who's going to get what. This feels kind of fresh and new. I mean, you know, the Blues facing the Flames in the first round should be an impossibility, but it's not this year. Uh, just, just things like that. It, 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 in that regard, I think it's fresh. And I think it's, it's kind of cool. And so, Wags, I've heard a lot of, like, uh, people have been like, well, this caters towards the, the underdog side. It allows, you know, the teams that probably wouldn't have made it if we played those last 13 games 
um, a more of a chance than they would have normally had. Whereas like, like Tom was saying, we, we have the four that, you know, the four, the, the top teams, the teams that actually did well during the regular season are playing round Robin games to determine seeding. So how, how do you feel? Uh, do you, do you feel that maybe it does give more of a chance? It leans towards uh, the, 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 teams that were less likely to get in than the teams that were already in? If they weren't going to give the four teams at the top uh, ability to play, I think it would. But the fact that the top four teams are going to be playing meaningful games doesn't really lend credence to that theory because they're all going to be playing games. They're all going to be playing games that are going to have an impact on the rest of the playoffs. The part that people I think are forgetting is it doesn't matter at all what seeds you have because there's not going to be fans in the building. There's no home ice advantage. So whether you're the one seed or the four seed, it's not like you're going to be at home for four of those games. So once again, as I said at the beginning of the show, you can kind of choose who you want to play. If you know going into that third and final round robin game that if you were to lose, you would get a better matchup for yourself, why would you not? I mean, it's not collusion and things along those natures, but, you know, you, you kind of can set yourself up for where you want to go. And because you don't have to worry about having that home ice advantage because there's no fans, it, it gives you that ability to do that. And you're also in game shape. You're playing at that playoff mentality, that playoff level, because you know that eventually if you win, you're going to be seeing these teams again. So it's great scouting. It's great for them to be able to get into game speed and game shape. So, no, it doesn't – I don't think it gives the underdogs the advantage at all. It's really just looking at it as those bottom teams are finishing the regular season, whereas these teams have clinched. Whereas if this is a regular season, these teams that are the top four, if they had already clinched, how many of them would be playing meaningful games or even playing some of the players that would be playing? So, at that point, that's where the underdogs are a little bit more successful. I think in this instance, it's, it's really an even playing field, and you're just going to get the best eight teams out of each conference – playing in the playoffs so you guys both seem quite actually high on this uh format i'm quite excited about it as well uh i think like you were saying tom like it's a it's a fresh new perspective on it and uh, i'm looking forward to you know seeing where it's going and 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 i mean like like we've been saying like the fact that hockey's coming back is is awesome do you guys worry any that it might push the start of next season back a little bit? Like, is there something about starting in October you guys are going to miss? Oh, well, I'm going to miss the fact that we'll have games in October. We won't have games in October, November, and December. You know, it's going to feel weird, you know, when it gets to around Christmas time and there's still no hockey going on. Uh, that's going to be an unfortunate casualty of it. But I think it's also going to be necessary as well, uh, just because, I mean, you still need to have the whole offseason. You still need to have the draft. You still need to have uh, free agency. You need to have a break. And you really need to kind of, you know, teams take this offseason to, you know, take the offseason to really reset you know kind of where they are going forward and you still kind of need that you can't award a Stanley Cup and then a month later start the next season it just wouldn't be right it wouldn't feel right um there's been some mention that and I think even Bettman suggested it himself that the uh, winter classic might be the kickoff for the next season uh which would be the Blues in Minnesota against the Wild I think that would be an amazing experience, especially if, I mean, of, of course, with the Winter Classic, the, the, the biggest thing about it, besides the fact the game's outdoors, you're going to have, you know, 
like 60,000 fans, you know, inside that place, assuming, you know, we're still not in the midst of this pandemic, which, you know, with what's been going on this weekend with the protests and whatnot, hopefully this ain't spreading again. Uh, we'll find out in a couple of days, I guess. But um, if we can get a packed, you know, you know, target field in Minnesota full of blues and wild fans to start the next season to kind of restart things that to me that that's going to be one of the best restarts to any sport that I can think of. And it would really, I think, get the league and fans back on the right track into, you know, getting back to normal, if you will. So um, in that respect, I'm okay with it. It's not ideal obviously to start in January, but I understand it. It's, it's, it's a necessary evil. So now I, I got a question for both of you guys. Obviously, seeding uh, for the top teams hasn't come out yet. So we don't actually know who any of the top four teams could end up playing in the first round of the playoffs. Is there a team that you look at in those bottom teams that are playing in those matchups that could come out that worries you guys for a first round matchup? Is there, is there one team that stands out that worries you guys the most for a first round matchup? I'll let you start, Wags. Oh, man. Thanks a lot. No, uh, <laughs> it's all on you. <laughs> um, man, the one the one team that that really does kind of scare me and it's more so just because of the lack of really anything around them and what they did to us or what they almost did to us. Like Winnipeg. Winnipeg kind of scares me because they're under the radar. They've got a good goalie in Connor Hellebuck. They've got a great set of forwards. Their defense went into the season. You weren't sure what you were going to get out of it, and they rose to the occasion. So the fact that it's more that they're an unknown more than anything else. I mean, Nashville's a little bit older, especially in the goaltending ranks. Um, you know, Edmonton, you could put them up there as well because of Connor McDavid. But Winnipeg is just such an unknown for me that I, I would be very, very hesitant to, to match up against them, especially in the first round if they coming off of an upset of a, of a team like Calgary. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat as well. I mean, you know, especially I mean, I'm looking at this as again, there's not gonna be any fans in these in these places. So I might have said Nashville, you know, had everything been normal just because the blues have a tough time playing in Nashville in general. It's a pretty inhospitable place for visiting teams. I went there earlier this year, I can verify that. Um but as, as Wag said, they're, they're, they're older, and again, this is going to be neutral ground, and there's a 0% chance any of these games will actually be played in the city of Nashville from the looks of it. So I don't think we have to worry about them so much. Um, Edmonton kind of concerns me a little bit just because, you know, I feel this has been a long time coming for Edmonton, and, you know, they've, they've, they've got the talent. I mean, Dreisaitl, I mean, he's probably my pick for the heart at this point just because he just an absolutely – phenomenal player and no I don't think it's just because of McDavid either I mean I think he's great by himself uh, but then you put those two together and that's gonna be a hard combo to stop um, but I think in the end I'm, I'm actually gonna have to agree with Wags and I'm gonna say Winnipeg here just because how uh, Buck is having a Vesna level season he might even get some hard consideration honestly because of the way his defense has been and he's had to kind of stand on his head a little bit uh, they still have some dangerous scores. I mean, Connor and Line are two very capable forwards. Shifley is uh, is is one of the most one of the best centers you've never heard of, and I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder after what happened last year. I mean, they gave the Blues a heck of a run in the first round, and had some things gone their way, it could be a completely different story. So, I I, I I'll, I'll also go with Winnipeg. 
And the other part of it, too, is is Winnipeg's style matches the Blues. And whenever the Blues go up against a team that matches their style, they struggle a lot. And they may win some of those games and they may lose some of those games. But when they're playing that similar style, it's it's pretty much a coin flip. And that's what Winnipeg does. And let me just uh, – and for Wags, I'll say it for the both of us. I'm just glad that it won't be the Stars that the Blues will have to face first because uh, the Stars are like – out of any team in the playoffs, the Stars give me the heebie-jeebies the most. I- I'm looking forward to not having to play any of the other three teams in, the, in that first round. I- I'm glad I don't have to play Col- Colorado, St. Louis, or Vegas. Like the fact that the, those four teams get to miss each other all guaranteed first round, I think – it is awesome because there's been, there's some times right where obviously like uh like one and two won't ever play each other but there's some like real tight matchups in that first round between like uh, I, I think it's four and five or, or five and six that play each other uh which, which are always tight but i think here with uh the fact that we're gonna miss it i think there's gonna be a lot of interesting i i'm with you guys though considering the fact that you guys think the jets play blues style hockey i guess I, I i agree with that but i think from a stars perspective for me i'd probably flip edmonton and and uh the jets i think i would be very nervous to meet the jets in round one but from a dallas stars perspective the oilers have killed us and i just don't know what dallas like what mcdavid and dry are in the playoffs other than i think the last time they played in the playoffs they, they lost to the ducks but dry had a hat trick in a game like like and, and you're getting a year where everything was cut short i think from a stars perspective the oilers would would concern me the most in round one but i i think you're right i think especially as soon as you said jets there wags i i 100 agree with you like they play a very similar of that that sort of uh bump and grind style of hockey yeah and the thing with edmonton is, is yeah they can score with the best of them but their goaltending is so questionable that mm-hmm. if you just get a couple of easy goals, I and mean, we saw that with the Sharks last year and Martin Jones, a couple of easy soft goals and that he gave up and that series was over. Same thing could happen to Edmonton because San Jose was talented and they just couldn't, you know, master up the snuff to do it. But another team that I was I'm just kind of looking over it, one team that could really make a run and be scary is Vancouver. It's a very, very sneaky team. I would not be surprised if they won that first matchup and, and maybe even made it into the next round after that. Yeah, I think they'll probably karate chop, you know, Minnesota. And I think that that could go four or five, honestly. It's just going to depend on who they come against. If it's if it's Colorado, I think Colorado is going to be a, a very – tough team tough out this tournament uh i think vegas is gonna be a tough out because now they have you know flurry and they have leonard you know to go back on i mean that's just that's about as good of a tandem as you'll ever find in the league um but i'm kind of with you michael in that you know i'm glad that we don't have to answer those questions until later on in the in, in the playoffs and you know you know wags kind of talked a little bit about the sharks last year and when the blues came up to them they were pretty beat up you know, and, and the Blues, of course, you know, kind of put them in their grave, if they, will, if they will, with their style of play. And then, of course, Martin Jones, you know, good God. I mean, that, they, they were showing highlights on the St. Louis Blues Twitter account this week of, you know, this day in history. And that was like Martin Jones allowing five goals and like, you know, he maybe could have stopped one of them. You know, it was it was I think the Blues got kind of lucky there. But speaking of luck, Michael, I mean, before the stoppage. Dallas was not exactly playing top tier hockey, not top not at shelf all. hockey, not at all. 
How, I mean, how lucky do you feel going into this playoffs as one of those top four seeds and, you know, getting to avoid maybe a tougher matchup? Uh, I mean, there, there's, there's some teams that are, that are on the flip side of that, that probably like, honestly, like Edmonton, like we have no idea how that Pacific division could have ended up Edmonton, like any one of those teams could have maybe eked into over Vegas for that first spot. So I think there's a lot of teams that are frustrated. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, you know what? We, we, uh, but I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the, the, but, but it's also one of those things that's like, while we didn't necessarily end on, on a high note, um, the fact that we even made it into that top four is, is a testament to the team and how the, 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 you know, those 70 games went before we paused. Like, like, I know there are 13 games left and we're going to make a big deal out of those 13 games not being played, but there were still 70 games that were played and the Dallas stars played well enough to get themselves into that position. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, in the playoffs, you can't pick your opponents. You, you, you have to kind of take what they give you and, you know, it's, 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 and that's kind of the good thing about the playoffs too, is that like, you know, if just cause you're the number one seed doesn't mean you're fee five foaming, faux foaming your way to the playoffs. I mean, the blues came in as a number three seed, you know, in the central, you know, they, they, they finished behind, um, you know, the, the, the top two seeds in the division. They still, had to have some things fall their way. I mean, the, I mean, Dallas series notwithstanding, that was a hard series. But you couldn't have asked for a better scenario for the Blues coming out of a hard series than to face a beaten up, you know, San Jose Sharks team whose goalie was having, you know, an existential meltdown that's still, you know, happening to this day. So uh, you need to get some luck on your side for sure. And, you know, I, I guess the argument could be made that, um, you know, you look at a team like Arizona or you look at a team like the Rangers and they and you say, oh, they, they, they shouldn't have been here. Well, those teams, I mean, you never know. I mean, Arizona's, you know, I think they could, they have a shot at taking out Nashville in the first round. Um, you know, the Rangers are a very talented team. I mean, they could give, you know, Carolina a tough time. I mean, it's just, um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier that you're going to get some different matchups here in the playoffs that you wouldn't expect. And I think that's going to be cool. So I've got just a couple, a couple more questions here for you guys. My first one is what matchup between, you know, the, the bottom teams that they've announced, are you most looking forward to watching? What do you think is going to be the most entertaining series that you guys are going to watch? Oh, that's a good, good, good one. Um, I mean, I, for me, you can't go wrong with the classic old school matchup of Pittsburgh and Montreal. Um, I think that one could be, interestingly exciting uh, on the eastern side because you know Toronto Columbus eh, Islanders Panthers eh, Rangers Hurricanes maybe so I, I definitely say Pittsburgh and Montreal on that side on the western side uh, the, the Canadian battle between Winnipeg and Calgary that's that's going to be a knockdown drag out probably potentially high scoring affair so I'd, I'd go Winnipeg Calgary in the west uh, for the East, uh, I think Pittsburgh and Montreal is going to be a good one. I'm actually looking forward more to Toronto versus Columbus, only just to see the anxiety build up in Toronto as, you know, Columbus takes like a three games to one lead, you know, because this is kind of Toronto's year. It, it, it's kind of like a make or break year for them just because of how, you know, financially and in hell they are with the salary cap and it's not going to get any better for them either with the cap staying frozen. So I think that's a storyline that I'm going to be watching out for is if Columbus can, you know, pull off the upset once again against a uh, team that has 
a lot riding on it this year. And to be in a play-in round, that's they probably wanted to be in a better spot than they were now. Uh, in the West, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to that Calgary-Winnipeg matchup. I think that is going to be a hard battle. Um, I think I could see that one going pretty pretty deep, six or seven games, which you know would probably play into whoever's the number one seed's advantage. Hopefully it's the Blues. We'll see. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting all my eggs in the Blues will be the number one seed basket because they still got to deal with Colorado, Vegas, and the Stars, and that's three not very easy games for the Blues. Let's just say that. Uh, the other series I'm kind of looking forward to is I, I am looking forward to uh, Vancouver against Minnesota. Um, I I think I, just because I want to see if Vancouver's for real and. Of all the series in the first round, it would Minnesota to me feels like it would be the biggest upset of them all. So you know, if that goes six or seven, that could have some drama. Um, you know, going into that one, I mean, two very solid fan bases, and uh, just just curious to see if 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 Minnesota could be this year's Cinderella. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. So I might take a bit of an off the board pick here then for the Eastern Conference. I'm I'm most looking forward to the. Uh, I'm pretty yeah it's the the Rangers are playing Carolina Carolina yeah I'm mostly yeah so I'm that's the one I'm looking forward to because I think and this is a completely hot take I have nothing to base this on but I think that the Rangers with the rookie goalies they have in could potentially could be like a like a like a like a Steve Mason type scenario in Philly like like they have the talent that if they just decide to do it and none of us would expect it. The Rangers, I think, I think that that's going to be a fun, fun series. And, and then Carolina just has a really fun up and coming team. They, they, they've got a fun team to watch. I've found myself watching a lot more Carolina games this, this season, even just cause they have a, they, like they have an entertaining team. And I think that's going to be a really fun, um, uh, less than stellar. It, it might not be a like picture series, but I think it'll be a really fun one. And then I've just got a soft spot for for Edmonton, and I think it's going to be fun to watch Edmonton just absolutely trash the Hawks. I mean, like, I think we can all get in on that one, right? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, four. Sweet, just, just sweep them away. Get, get them out of here. And so. nothing every game. And yes. so, and, and then, I mean, you add the McDavid dry saddle bonus on top of that. What's, what's not to love, right? Exactly, exactly. No, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Blackhawks getting absolutely smashed, you know, in, in the first round. I, I think that's a given. So then my last one for you guys, my last question here before I, I, I let you guys go is uh, way too early Stanley Cup predictions. Can we do it? Can I get them from you guys? Yeah, uh, okay. You, I, can pick the, you can pick the blues. That is I, a lot. I'm going to be a homer. I, I'm gonna, I am going to go with the Blues, and I think and it, it might be a little bit of a shocker. I think it's going to be St. Louis, Philadelphia in, in, this, in the finals. I think Philadelphia is a very uh, underrated team. They've, they've got the goaltending now in, in their young kid, and they've got some offensive capabilities, and the defense has really stepped up for them. So I, I would anticipate a St. Louis, Philadelphia Stanley Cup final matchup. You took my pick. That was actually ah. that was actually going to be what I was going to go. I I have a feeling it's going to be Blues Flyers. I think the Flyers will take out the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's how that bracket will shake out, and I think the Flyers will get the win in Game Seven over Boston. Uh, and then in the uh, Western Conference Finals, I would probably say Blues over Vegas. 
uh, in the Western Conference Finals, but I think Vegas would take the Blues probably to six or seven themselves. Um, if, it's, if it's not the Blues, I think Vegas comes out of the West. Uh, but I, I'm still going to pick the Blues, and, of course, I'm going to pick them to win uh, cup number two. Same here. Wow, but but Philly, you guys really because because to be honest, until you even said Philly, and no disrespect to Philly, I probably haven't even put an ounce of thought into Philadelphia even being in this seat thing, and they're in one of the top fours in the East. So that really surprised me. You both think Philly in the in the finals there? Well, I just, it's just yeah because they no one knows anything about them, and they are one of the top four teams, and that just shows you how they play. They just hard nose right to the ice and they go. So that, that's kind of why I look at it is there's no expectations for Philadelphia. So there's really nothing for them to lose. Well, and, and I look, and I, I picked, I, I like the look of them. I think Carter Hart's an excellent goaltender. And I think if he gets hot, he, I mean, he could carry the flyers to the finals himself. Uh, but I look at the rest of the conference and I mean, I mean, Boston's probably going to be their top threat. Uh, Tampa Bay choked last year and I, I, I have a weird feeling they're going to do it again this year. Uh, Capitals are, are, are scared to be sure, uh, to, to be sure. But I just, you know, Holtby is kind of, he, he's, he's a pending free agent. He's been by his standards, just okay this year. Um, so I'm not, I'm not putting too much into him. Um, Pittsburgh's getting old. I mean, Carolina, I don't know if it's their time yet. Uh, and then Toronto's a dumpster fire and, uh, you know, the Islanders could surprise, but I just like I don't feel as good about those teams as I do about the Flyers. I, I think I think the Flyers are a potentially very good story waiting to happen. Well, well, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm glad to have you guys on and, and able to bring home the the last episode before we go on a break here. And I couldn't have asked for better guests. Well, hey, I appreciate that, and I couldn't have asked for uh, better guests on Blue Notes uh, when I started out, you know, a few months back as well. And uh, you know, it's been great getting to know you. As you know, time has gone on. I think you're you are our most frequent guest on Blue Notes, uh, and uh, I have a feeling that feeling might be mutual for uh, Clean Skate. It is. It um, is. And uh, even though, and I guess the biggest message here is that even though we're taking a break, we're not going away, as they no. say. Um, we are, I mean, at least in the case of blue notes, we'll come back when hockey comes back probably, but in the meantime, we're just going to, you know, lay low for a little bit. Uh, you can follow our new Facebook page. Uh, just look for blue notes podcast on Facebook. Uh, we have a new YouTube account. Uh, just look for blue notes uh, on YouTube. Uh, we have a Twitch account now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, blue notes. I think it's just blue notes or it might be blue notes pod i forget which i think it might be just blue notes actually on that one but we're gonna be doing some things here in the next couple of weeks just to keep contact with you guys and of course farley you're always welcome to join us on threes you know we need a you know there's there's two of us so we need a we need a, a power play quarter, a quarterback of so course. Uh, we, might, we, we might call you of course hey i i am uh, i've got a lot of time on my hands these days so uh, I, I look forward to doing that with you guys and i look forward to you know eventually chatting with you guys again once hockey has actually come back so uh thanks thanks again and uh, i look forward to talking to you guys again yep, thanks a lot thanks man we'll talk to you soon Again, another huge thanks to Tom and Wags for coming on and talking to me and being the final guests as part of this COVID collaboration series that I've been doing. Again, if you want to follow their podcast at Blue Notes Pod on Twitter, I suggest you guys go give them a follow because they are awesome, awesome guys, as you guys heard. That brings us to the next thing I want to talk about, which is shaving. So now that sounds like a bit of a weird topic of conversation on this week's podcast. 
But I want to tell you a little bit of a ritual that I have. When I'm putting on cologne after I shave, you know, I'm going out somewhere, I will spurt a little bit of cologne, you know, just, just down the trousers, you know, just to make it smell good down there, J just in case. You never know who's going to be sniffing around down there when you go out, so you just got to make sure that it smells good. However, you know, I'm using cologne. That's probably not super great. It gets kind of greasy. Not good. So if you guys are looking for something that, you know, isn't going to do that, but still gives you that, you know, clean, confident feel, then I think you guys should check out Manscaped. Now, Manscaped is primarily a razor company. They have a ton of really cool products for, you know, the below the belt region. I believe they have ball deodorant for all you guys out there. But the thing you guys really should check out is all their amazing, amazing razors. And the best one you can get right now is Manscaped 3.0. This is their third generation trimmer, which features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Cause the last thing you wanna do is nick your nuts. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> There's also, it also comes with a charging stand, a USB port, and it is super easy to use, even if you're not the most steady-handed like I am. If you are listening to me speak right now, then you are some of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience firsthand for yourself. You can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code THPN at manscaping.com. I hope you guys take advantage of the offer and you guys get as much enjoyment out of manscaping as I have. And now I want to talk about a really cool contest that we are doing network-wide. We have been affiliates with CoolHockey.com for a very long time, an awesome place where you guys can get a lot of retro and authentic NHL jerseys. So all you jersey lovers, have you ever needed an excuse to buy a new jersey? Would winning a Cool Hockey gift card be reason enough? From May 1st to June 1st, any jersey purchased through our link will automatically enter you into a draw to win a $175 Cool Hockey gift card. All you have to do is go to www.coolhockey.com slash THPN. Buy the jersey you would probably already have by now, then tell us on Twitter which jersey you ordered so we can connect you with your purchase for the live draw on June 6th. That's it. Anybody who buys a jersey through our link before June 1st will have a shot at a $175 gift card thanks to our friends at CoolHockey.com. Oh, and if you see 10 sold by May 15th, we'll make it a $200 gift card. Make sure you use the promo code THPN for 30% off. One last time, that's www.CoolHockey.com slash THPN. And that is going to do it for this final episode before I take a little bit of a break. I want to thank everyone who has listened to a Cleanscape podcast over, you know, the season so far. I know that we're not going going away for very long and that we will be back, but still it means a lot to me to know that there are people that listen to this and, and enjoy the content that we're doing. And I can't thank Isha and Dylan at the Hockey Podcast Network for giving me this opportunity and just letting me talk about the, the thing I love. So I will talk to you cowpokes in the next one. Yeah.